Roll down the highway, broke the limit, we hit the town. Went through Texas, yeah, Texas, and we had some fun. We met some girls, some dancers who gave a good time. Broke all the rules, play all the fools. Yeah, 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 they blew our minds. <laughs> What song is that? Thunderstruck. That's Thunderstruck? That's Thunderstruck. <laughs> da -na 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 -na. Thunder. Thunder. <laughs> Matt, thank you very much for opening up the show, man. And thank you again for being on this show, man. Thank you so much. I, I've known you for a little while now, a few years now. That's and right. uh, we met through Instagram. I want to thank you for being here. Today, we're going to talk a little bit of, um, I guess we're going to talk about big machinery rentals. Yeah. And mixture of things mixture yeah. of things right like little things like that and and also do's and don'ts and what's coming up and how the business is and how it's changed all kinds of stuff like that yep. but also right before we started recording you mentioned maybe we discussed a little bit of construction from back home yeah which back home is where hard to say because i'm from different <laughs> There's places two different places right yeah i was born in poland but i had my business running mainly in norway norway and i know from when i was following you it was all yellow it was all dewalt which it is was. which is which is weird, isn't it? Weird for to be there or no? It's not weird. It's really popular in Norway. It's Dewalt, Bosch, or Hilti. That's it. Like no Makita. There is Makita, but lots of Polish guys here. They're like diehard Makita, man. Buddy, I left <laughs> Poland not to be around <laughs> Polish, okay? <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk about that. But I, before we get started, Matt, give me one second. I just want to actually bring up a DM. I've been getting a lot of DMs lately, which I really appreciate. But Scott from Sove, Sove Creates, at Sove Creates, he sent me a DM video, which was really funny. Uh, he was listening to the recent show with Timber okay. Framers, right? Yep. And uh, Roland there, and he was telling me, he sent me this video, and he goes, Manny, I just want to curse out at you because I just drove an extra 32 kilometers, and I missed where I was supposed to be going because I was listening to the conversation. And I'm like, Scott, I'm really sorry, man, but it was actually a really good show. I feel it. And, and I definitely want people to listen to it. So please, I'm, I'm, I apologize, Scott, for making such a good show, and then you're <laughs> missing your job site. But uh, thank you. Please keep on sending me DMs. Everybody reach out to me. Everybody knows my handle on our Hardcore Rentals, and they also know my email. Get me at Manny at Hardcore Reynolds or Manny at the Construction Life, and also info at both of those. All right, Matt, let's get back into it. So you've been in the business for how long? I started when I was 14, majority of my life. Actually. Started when you're 14. How young are you? I'm 33 right now. Okay, so all right. Bigger half. Yeah, pretty much. And then when did you come here to Canada? Three and a half years ago. I'm officially permanent resident. Nice, congrats. I know plenty of you guys that are permanent res. Oh, for me, it was a long <laughs> story. When I became an immigrant, well, when I came to this country, I still had to go through the whole whatever, but it was interesting. Yeah. But I do like to tell people that, yeah, I went through that whole process. Uh, it's just part of it. It was oh, yeah, different sure. times then than it is now, but we won't get into that. That's not what the show is going to be about. No, of course not. <laughs> Let's talk about some big machinery, like big toys and why i guess certain tradespeople out there should consider renting instead of purchasing or you tell them you walk them through and the reasons behind all that stuff basically work for a rental company right now since last year i switched the gear because i was a side super 
when I came to Canada. Before that, I was a GC in Norway, had my own business. But a year ago, the opportunity arrived and uh, I thought I will jump ship and see the other side of the business. After a year, I can easily say that if you consider yourself as a high-end company, I would definitely consider renting instead of owing because uh, you will spend majority of your income just for maintenance. Maintain, parts, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Maintenance, everything. and then you guys handle all that stuff. And, yep. and the reason that we're actually not mentioning the company that you work for is because. Every time there's a, an associate that's attached to a company, and I recently did this with Marco, who's probably listening, and he's from Ready Mix Concrete, mm. and it took like two weeks for them to just get approval to get the podcast out there. That's right. And I totally understand that because I always give the guest and whoever's attached to this podcast their final say before the show comes out. And that's fair enough. So we talked about it. I've known you, and I was like, you know what? Come on the show. Don't worry. We don't have to talk about the specific company that you're yep. with. Let's talk about all the machinery and the business and go from there. Big part of that is uh, the company I work for. They are US based. Before it will jump all the people that of I course. need to answer to, of course. it will take ages. Yeah, so. we might post this in 2023. <laughs> <Probably>. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know. So, all right. So, and I, and I agree with you that it makes more sense to not have all these machinery to own it just let them, you know, you guys provide it, then you guys maintain it, you go with it, right? I can say from my own perspective, I was renting some of the stuff back in Norway. I owned majority of my of my tools, even some bigger gear back home. But you do some type of jobs that require high lifts, uh, material handling, excavators you don't want to keep it in stock in your warehouse or whatever because you spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on it and it's just sitting right it's better to pay a daily weekly monthly rate on that equipment and utilize it and if something happens you call me i'm there or my guys are we switch the equipment or fix it at the spot and make sure that uh, yeah you are good to go always so what are the toys that I, I mean i guess let's talk about different size contractors and yep. their business yep. and at what point should they start considering machinery instead of just trying to find labor on this show more than once any contractor that's running a business is having a hard time finding labor to take care oh, of whatever they need to take care of everyone is right now I, why not look at machinery but if you are a small two person crew and you're building, does it make sense? Do you guys have the toys? Like, are there the small enough toys for those companies versus the guys that are like 20-person companies and then the bigger toys? We've got majority of equipment that you might think of. However, we don't go to those tiny details. Like, uh, I had a question today. Do you have uh, aluminum I-beams with jacks? Nope. <laughs> I don't have them. I have excavators, lifts, stuff like that. I don't play with the really small stuff. I've got some power tools, Hilti, as yeah. an example. Answering your question, I would say as small as a contractor you might be, there is a day where you don't want to sit in that fucking ditch and dig the hole. Then you can get the smallest mini excavator and just get it done. Or tiny uh, skid steer and move dirt around, move concrete, move offload the trucks, whatever you it might be, right? 
if you've got big loads on your um, site coming, you know, there is lumber coming, there is uh, concrete, there is whatever you might be ordering in big bunches, then, yeah, it's good to rent equipment even to offload so you don't need to put it on your back all day long, right? Do you guys have to, because I, I don't get into this. I let out all the other trades take care of this stuff, but... Is it like renting a car, man, where you have to actually prove that you know how to drive a car or show? But I guess you don't even have to show people that you can drive a car. You give them a skid steer, you give them a backhoe, you're assuming they know how to use it? Is that how the industry works? Yeah, that's right. But you what if the assumption is wrong and they do something? You don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming that happens. Oh, yeah. So someone's uh, grinding gears or someone's like, what's the what's no, going equipment on? Equipment getting beaten up pretty badly. I, I've got people telling me they know how to use aerial, meaning booms, uh, telehandlers, scissor lifts. Zoom oh, booms and things like that. That's right. right that's yeah. right. Cherry pickers. Cherry pickers, yes. A lot of people use those. And then the, I've got the call. This thing doesn't work. It doesn't drive. The <laughs> basket doesn't lift. What's going on? Then I walk them through. If I still don't see they get it and they are close by, I will stop by, show them how it works. So ideal scenario, you should be licensed to use majority of the gear. So to be licensed, you're doing what? You're going to some course and you're taking care of it? You can still call me. I can organize the courses for you as well. Oh, really? Yeah. We've got our own training. Okay. So what's everybody's going to have to do? Because we're not going to divulge who you work for, but they'll have to contact me and then I can put them in contact with you and That's then right. they go from there, right? Yeah, so, you can pass the stickers around. Yeah, I can pass the stickers. You got, and everyone will notice the sticker on my laptop and also on the podcast case. But uh, how, is it difficult to get licensed or is it just as easy to get licensed? Basically for... There are classes of equipment, right? We've got skid steers, mini excavators. That's one class. You've got aerial meaning everything that goes into the air. But there's also the safety attached to aerial because you have to be aware. It doesn't matter if you're in a residential area. In parts of Toronto or parts of smaller towns, there's still hydro wires and things oh, like yeah, that that are sure, above, and you sure. have to be conscious of all that. Majority of the places when you are uh, working around uh, wires, electrified wires, you need to get them covered. Yeah. Especially if you're bringing a big aerial equipment right what are the rules matt do you know offhand like i know that i've been on a number of sites including my sites and yep. i've seen rock and rollers come in <laughs> and and they slither through the wires and they're literally inches away from the wires mm -hmm. which is a thousand percent illegal yeah because of the risk factor attached it but what are, what are the rules how far away are you supposed to keep uh, any aerial away from hydro live? You should be around. I don't. I don't want to give my word on it, but it's around six feet. Six feet. Yeah. So you can't be with because you can't, the idea is that you can't be within arm's reach of that. That's right. Unless the hydro is dead, it has been cut off and it's covered with those protection, uh, protection the line protection yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's right. I love those things because they take forever if you pay one price, but then if yeah. you pay the double the price, then it'll get done in two days. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, can we say mafia electrical department? That's oh, what we're yeah. going to say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, the funny thing is that I don't deal with all this machinery. Mm -hmm. I love seeing it. It's me and a kid in a candy store. It's what I like. Yep. And I specifically like the smell. I just love the, either the propane or the diesel that comes out of it. It just smells like work. It smells yep. like progress. Yep. It smells like production. Maintaining these vehicles, these these 
machines, what are the basic things that we got to know about? You need to know how to operate it in the first place. Um, you need to know not to turn some of the machines in high throttle. You need to know not to jump off some machines if they are not retracted fully, right? Uh, especially aerial gear. You need to know because they'll to actually place pendulum. It. They'll 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 bounce up. Is That's what I right. want. You yeah. need to know what kind of harness to use and retractable lanyard to to have on yourself, not to be ejected from it, right? And stuff like that. There is Ministry of Labor who likes to come and give you four hundred plus dollar uh, fines. Is that what it is right now? If oh. you're not, because I mean, most guys get into a cherry picker. They get into the basket. They think that's their harness. Oh man, been there, done that. <laughs> <laughs> not this country, though. No, no, <laughs> I know, but no, and here it, that's what happens. That's of what course, goes on, right? Course. But then MOL will show up and they'll look at it and they go, "Well, that's not how it works." I've had the conversation before where, okay, let's say this boom does. Something happens and you yep. are harnessed to it. Yep. There could be more cause and damage and risk if you are harnessed to it versus if you're not harnessed to it. But that's, I understand that's the Ministry of Labor. That's how it works. It's the same thing like you could be in a car and not have your seatbelt and survive. But that could be a yeah. fluke. It's yes and It's no. the same thing, right? Yeah. So if you're not harnessed and it could have been a fluke, maybe the, bu the bucket fell over twisted and it was a good thing that you didn't have the harness because you got away from the machinery that's right. but you were a projectile and now you were thrown and it doesn't you could have been thrown into something that's even further okay, dangerous but let's uh, stop here you are thinking about uh, if sends and buts i know yeah yeah but you are thinking about machines uh, which will be two stories three stories high i've got machines which go 180 feet up 180 feet up yeah so Imagine not being harnessed up there on 180 feet. You are basically a wet uh, yeah. piece yeah. Uh, when you hit the ground, right? That's why the ministry and all the technical specifications on each machine of each produ producer are there for, so to protect your life. That's, That's all it is, yeah. 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 I mean, there's times that you'll get into conversations with certain trades, framers, roofers, and, and there's times that you can't tie off somewhere. And, and, sure. I, and I hate that, and I wish, I would love to do the show with a, a Ministry of Labor one day. I would yeah. love to do it. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to happen. Their answer to that scenario is, has always been, that's not my responsibility for you to figure that out. You have to figure out where to tie off. Yeah. But if you're building a structure and you're going up with it, where are you supposed to tie off? You have no yep. tie off point at that. That's right. So, but I mean, they still can find you because you're not tied off. But the thing is, there's physically nowhere to tie off. That's right. But I mean, also, and, and I'm not, I'm not dismissing any of the safety stuff. Mm. I'm just bringing it up because you do have these unique scenarios. Yep. Any good contractor tradesperson out there, at least you think about it. At yep. least you sit back and you go, wait a minute, before I operate this machinery, are there wires? Is there a ditch? Is there any other risks around? What? Is, where is my harness? Like. Is my harness yep. on properly? That's, That's right. the other thing too, because you can have an harness on improperly yep. and you could fall out and you'll cut the circulation to your legs and then you might actually have some life-threatening. Legs is one thing, but a uh, majority of construction is guys 
And if it slips one way or another, that's the end. You're of Lance it, Armstrong. Right? That's what's yeah, going to happen. Right. No, that's I know, right. and that's that's the dangerous thing. And, and, and you got to tell them that. Like contract trades, people need to understand this. They oh, have yeah. to to be aware that if you do fall out and that harness not properly around your crotch area you're going to uh, all of a sudden have a nice surprise yeah. that you're not going to be happy about. Just to give you a good example of it, I had my guys in Norway. I left for vacation. We had the um, warehouse forklift. It was like a shared warehouse. We had the shared forklift. And the guys are calling me a couple days in my vacation and it's the forklift is down. It fell. And like... <laughs> What the heck? Okay, what down the? down and fell are two different things. Down like, means it doesn't work. Uh, fell means something happened. It fell and now it's down. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning all the oils are out, the glass is completely shattered, everything is destroyed, right? Even the even the cage on top of it was completely bent. And they told me, yeah, it's back on their feet, on its feet. And how the Fuck did you do that? How did you leave? There was four guys and they managed to hook it up to our truck and hand bomb it, put it back on the wheels. They were so the adrenaline kicked in so badly that they the only thing they wanted to do <laughs> is to lift this. So. so to avoid getting into major trouble, yeah. they basically manhandled it up. Yeah. Upright. And the guy wasn't uh, see, uh, wearing a seatbelt back then, and to your example, thanks God because he would, he might have been on crushed or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm just saying, and it's the same thing with with vehicular accidents. It's the yeah. same. You never know, but the safety always trumps. Oh yeah, for sure. The 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 likelihood that you'll be survived because you didn't use the safety. That's it. It's probably nine times out of ten times that that your safety You're saved correct. you. Yeah, but it, it's worth the conversation. And I go back to just use your common sense. Dep yeah. Like don't just run and gun and go and start doing the job and not be aware of what's around you and things. Right like. now, uh, especially with uh, the gear we are working with, is uh, we've got the gear which is usually not older than four years. And majority of it, especially the brand new gear, is fully loaded with sensors. Fully loaded. You cannot extend. Is it overloaded, like to the point where sometimes I'm yeah. driving my van or I'm driving my personal vehicle, and I keep arguing with the computer because they keep telling me that it's unsafe to change a lane here. But I'm looking at it going, "There's plenty of space for me to change a lane." But then, is that it's kind of like that? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes they, they got tricky. I gotta ask you, Matt. Like, I mean, since you're from Europe, there. Yep. And you've come here, you were doing construction there. That's right. The machinery that we have here in Canada, mm -hmm. in the US, are we behind Europe? In machinery? In construction technology. Are we, are we advanced here in North America or are we behind what's going on in Europe? Europe is a lot to say, right? There are multiple countries. There's so many countries, right? So many countries and every country is different. But from my, my experience, yeah, a little bit behind. Uh, Machinery-wise, not really, I wouldn't say. We get uh, the same machinery? Sometimes I was envious of seeing Diablo blades on your saws, and I had... Uh, only you guys didn't have any? No, what, there is no Diablo there. What blades were you guys using? Oh, well, if I'm using DeWalt, I'm using DeWalt. If I'm using uh, Bosch, I'm using Bosch, and it's like... Uh, but they're not as good. No, they're not. 
Aren't not even the the best one. Now they are keeping up, right? Coming up with a standard, but it's still not the same, right? That's weird though, because Diablo is German. I don't think so. I think it's American. No, no, Diablo no. is part of Bosch. And so they were connected, but I think they've separated now. Oh, yeah. I always thought that Diablo was German-based, and then you guys didn't have it in Norway? That's kind of weird, but it's the same thing all over the world. That Just remember, Norway is like, whole Norway is like Toronto. Uh, that's the population size of it? or uh, Right now it's about 5 million, right? All together. So. It's like Toronto with suburbia. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And then the construction-wise? Construction wise, uh, I get are, into plenty of conversations with people outside of Canada and, yeah. and the US there and Sweden. Uh, yeah. I get into all kinds of conversations. So, Sweden is the best example. They yeah. would be around similar kind of uh, advancement. I, when I saw metal recept or the metal electrical electrical boxes, boxes here, I was like, oh shit, that's hazard. <laughs> First time when I saw it. <laughs> no, I know. It, it doesn't make any sense. In Europe, it doesn't use any of that stuff. No, everything is plastic. I know, but it, here it's, it's... It's like when I s literally saw electrical systems, it's like 20 years behind. And, and it hasn't been changed. No. They're still selling those boxes. Yeah. Norway is a good example in terms of lumber because majority of no wooden houses all the structures outside cladding you wouldn't see any plastic outside cladding and stuff vinyl like that. or anything like that no you would see some of a brick housing still in the old parts but the majority of the countries would and you guys were what frame structures yeah yeah. Like what on sixteen inch? But it's not sixteen inch center because you guys are metric. Yeah, centimeters. Yeah. So, so what would it be? Twenty centimeters. And which is equivalent to? Are you still? I guess it's the. I don't know. I know. I, I don't, I'm know, putting you on the spot now. Yeah, you are putting me on the spot <laughs> because when I came here, I had a really big problem switching. Switching. And when I switched, I cannot translate. <laughs> I need to really actually go in my phone and calculate it. So it's it's interesting that it's like that that you're doing it that way or they're doing it that way too. Installation same way or what? I'm just trying to. I'm picking your brain right now. I'm just trying to figure out what little differences because I thousand percent agree with you about the electrical boxes. That makes no so sense. So electrical, hydro, uh, or plumbing. I would say hydraulic. Yeah, no, but yeah. even no, no heating. Yeah, yeah heating. There, there's For no sure. force there. Uh, no. Oh, it's all radiant. That's the worst part about Canada. On my perspective, I, I've I've honest. argued this over and over that I cannot stand forced air. I. I listened to your podcast with the ladies today, and uh, you were talking about heated floors everywhere. There. Uh, bathrooms, hallways, ev they are everywhere. And most of it is electrical. It's not hydronic. Really? It's electrical. Nobody cares. So there you... So really? Yep. Be because I guess it's an... Or I guess the thing with electrical, it's thinner. Thinner, cheaper, faster. Faster. Is it Got ultimately it cheaper? Like, I mean, are the hydro rates... Ultimately, it's not a, as big of an investment up front, right? So. It's a huge investment. And that's where the selling feature here in North America is because the moment you compare apples and apples and you're telling a client hydronic, yep. force there. One is $2, one is $1. They're going to choose the $1. I would all day, every day go with electrical heating in the floors and, over force there and put myself some solar panels really yeah what about day. for moisture in the air though because the electric heat still creates very dry environment versus the hydronic heat actually adds the moisture in the air so you have a more contained environment what about that or is that an issue there no you're just circulating the air to be honest 
I cannot breathe here because of the air. Well, because the, the truth is, though, Matt, honestly, as much as that building code here talks about HRVs and yeah. having the air exchanges and everybody's trying to get the 0 .08, 0 .06, and all this other crap, that the problem is that homeowners don't open up windows. It doesn't That's matter if it's problem. summer, spring, doesn't matter. They go right from season to season to season to season with those windows stuck. Yep. And when they try to open up, the seals are probably stuck together yep. and they can't open them up. The big difference between here and Norway, <laughs> the best example of kids, they put kids outside in the, in the dolly in minus 30 to sleep. <laughs> That's how they treat them. That's and how they it's are done. Perfect. Yeah, if you did that here, uh, yeah. that's another podcast. And what other little things are a little different that you? I would say there are a lot of um, restrictions or you would say technicalities, like for instance, you will have automatic uh, stove shutoffs. You would have the sensor that will feel the gas coming out of stove, shout out, shut off all the electrical. So here, here we only have alarms. There, it's automatic. It's shut off. It shuts off. Yeah. See, that's smarter to me, man. Because an alarm is annoying. I want to know that it actually stops instead of me fretting, trying to figure out where to shut it off how Same to shut it goes off. with the uh, water supply for uh, flooding it bursts yeah, something uh, goes with the dishwashers you need to install uh, before i was living they implemented a lot of those stuff and so a uh, water sensor if the, if the actual supply either um, hydroelectrical is cut off or the water is burst or whatever the sensor is it's gonna shut it shut it off completely so you will not have a flood out there as well why do you think, Matt, that North America is behind? Because I've said this over and over, and it doesn't make me friends. I honestly yeah. believe that we are last regarding building. We could be building better. And it's really funny because Saskatchewan, here in Canada, back in the 70s, was the site of the very first passive house. Yeah. Right? It was Germans that came over here. They did it there in the 70s, and they, yeah. they chose Canada because of the winter conditions. That's and right. they proved that it could work. Why do you think North America hasn't evolved faster and kind of grasped all these new technologies that other... I know. I'm, I know the reason why. But Can I, I be frank? For, for sure, I want you to be <laughs> frank, Jim, Paul, Peter, whatever you want to be. Be as honest as, as possible. Quality over quantity. That's all it is. I agree with you. It's all. North America focused on producing instead of custom building. It's right? true. It's, it's, that's, that's the sad that's truth. That's all it is. Yeah. It's inst the best example right now is plywood that is coming from the shop. I saw it on someone's uh, Instagram post, how the, if you look through the plywood, the layers of it is completely different thing than it was two years ago. So basically, and I agree with you, they're adding fillers or they're okay. doing something. And uh, it was really interesting. The other day I was picking up a whole pallet of Mapay's Care uh, Plast, no, Care Bond uh, SG. Mape. So, so a, a, a recommendation from, from Omi, the tile guy. And then I had 56 bags. In the back of my head, I started thinking, I've got to carry 56 bags. Yeah. As I was grabbing the bags and I'm putting them on, I'm like, these bags are not that heavy. And I know that I'm not stronger because I've gotten older. Mm. Then I stopped and I looked at the bag and they're not 50 pound bags anymore. They're 44 pound bags. Yep. So they got rid of six Shrinkage. pounds. 
So I called up Omid and I said, well, like, what's going on here? Like, I'm so used to 50 pound bags. Yeah. And then he says to me, well, they've added more bags on the lift to make the equivalent of the full amount, but they've made them lighter to carry. I would say something else. I, I, I think that they've actually reduced the amount yeah. of material that you're paying for the same that you paid maybe five years it's ago. It's not the podcast for it, but a uh, whole supply chain, everything. If you look around the lumber and everything, just compare things. We're looking at two by fours. We're looking at two by fours and you're, 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 you're like going through the, the lift. My argument is when I see that premium stamp, yeah. how dare you, whoever's doing oh, that yeah. stamp, oh, yeah. I want to yeah. smack that machine that's doing it because this is not premium. And so they're making plywood weaker. They're making timber weaker. They're yeah. making bags smaller. They're doing all these little things that are, is it better for us? No, of no, course not. Completely. Completely opposite. <sighs> okay. I don't know how we got into that whole thing. I, I, let's talk more <laughs> about what are some of the new toys that are coming out? Big machinery, new toys that you know of that are coming down the pipe or people are asking for it was it wasn't that long ago like 10 years ago they had the motorized wheelbarrows right yeah that's right but power buggies power yeah so and everybody started jumping all over those but slowly everyone is transitioned to electrical i would say over propane over uh, gas diesel not I, diesel especially in toronto we've got a lot of environmental restrictions and especially big contractors that work on the condos they work underground they cannot have fumes, right? Either we are putting some kind of discharge uh, boxes on the fumes exhaust or trying to transition slowly to electrical. So just large batteries that are being charged. That's right. You're still getting the same amount of power? You still, yeah, still run the same? Yeah. But um, I wouldn't uh, say we've got a lot of that. It's still... People like, still want... Definitely. It's still a long way, long way to get there. I've seen a backhoe with a shovel that's probably the size of a lunchbox. And I started questioning whether or not that was even worth it. Is it even worth it? Are you still moving earth that fast, even though it's so small? It's not about moving earth. It's more about digging depth. That's all say. it is, right? Yeah. If it's really small bucket, it's going about the depth. It's about the depth. And backhoes are universal tools. So you can push the soil, you can lift stuff with it, you can still dig it, and that's like three-in-one kind of uh, equipment, right? If you want to go solely into digging, you'll go into excavators, right? And we've got excavators from one ton to 40, 50. Big ones. Big boys, yeah. Do you want to run the listeners to, like, the first time I ever got into any kind of machinery? I'm not a fan of them. I don't... I don't, there's too many buttons, too many handles, too many pedals, too many whatever, right? Mm. I ride a motorcycle, that's enough for me. Four limbs, four buttons, four limbs, that's all it is, right? That's right. Do you want to just give the listeners a basic tour when you go in there? What does what? What? How does it work? <laughs> what the witch Which machine, I know. So, I mean, we can talk about a backhole, let's say. Because I know once you go into a backhole, you've got the actual operation of the machine. That's right. Th then you've got either the bucket itself. Yeah. Then you've got the uh, the plow or whatever it's That's called, right? right? So you, you want to walk through, just give them a generic thing. I mean, maybe for the painters that are listening right now that might want to try it for their own personal home. And no diss to the painters out there, by the way. Move the bucket with paint <laughs> with the back the backhoe. Yeah. I'm not too familiar with backhoes myself. I drive and I have been trying a lot of equipment myself before I came to that company. So I know skid steers, I know excavators, I know aerial. 
I can drive quite a lot, and I guess that's my advantage because I'm coming from the industry. Yeah, with Baco, you've got, and it also depends on the brand, right? I we've know everybody's different. It's like, yeah, like you are saying everybody is different. Every equipment is different. I can have same company, same year of production, and five different models, and everyone will be different. I have uh, skid steer. We run on Bobcats, right? A big brand around here. And uh, from my experience, Bobcats has at least three different uh, styles of driving. Really? Yeah. Why did, they, four even. why did they make them different? Why not keep them all the same? Because they were progressing and they were adding new functions. Features you too. Can, okay. All right. You, you can drive with pedals. You can drive with sticks. You can drive with one stick, another stick, you're going to move the bucket around. You can drive with two sticks, and with two sticks, move the bucket around just uh, sideways. There are so many different things, and everyone likes different style, right? I remember in my film days, I used to be asked, or I was enjoying it, you, you can run a, a large-scale scissor lift, you can run right. the aerial, which is a zoom boom. Yep. And it was it was it was always this coordination where you had a joystick, you had to pull the tab up, then you had the two toggles on the top right. that made you go forward or back, that made you go up and down. But when it came to the zoom boom, when they were educating me, it was all about physics. Mm -hmm. You got to understand where the base of the machine is yep. and where you are going to be regarding the boom arm, That's because right. you cannot put the base a certain way and then extend your boom arm in an angle that's contradictory to the base because yep. that will basically fix it because will kick in and yep. you'll tip over. Yeah. So there's, and then the machinery these days, they have those warnings. They'll start to tell you that they if you also have outriggers, the bigger ones, yeah. right? So, so now they're you've coming got with extra that. support. But yeah, as you say, a lot of sensors in majority of them. We could spend each episode on it one It depends on one machine, yeah. exactly, right? So. But I mean, what, what do you expect from guys? When you rent out a machine, you guys are dropping them off or are they picking them up or what's the story? It depends. Depends, depends on, on the scenario, yeah, right? Majority, I work with bigger businesses mainly, but also with small custom builders and stuff like that. Today, I was, today and yesterday, I was delivering some stuff, even though it's not my part of the job, but I'm, I'm all about service. I'm more about working thank with you for you. that matt because during these COVID days there's been a lot of suppliers that have not been about service they've been phoning it in let's say i've been sitting in your shoes like i've been yeah. wearing your shoes that's I, why I you understand it like uh before i came to my company i told them either we are doing it this way either i'm not really interested because i know what they need I've been in that mud till, uh, till my belly all the way, carrying all this shit, driving this equipment. I exactly know what they want and need. Not every time, obviously. I'm still learning every single day, but uh, I'm trying to be as much helpful as possible. And if my guys cannot deliver, and if I can put it on my truck, I will put it on my truck and deliver it for you. What do you want from the, the tradespeople renting your gear when they bring it back or that it's ready to be picked up? Mounds and mounds of mud caked all over everywhere. It's like that kind of stuff. You want some beer cans left inside. You want those kinds of things? Or no, you don't want any of that shit. Would like the same that I'm giving you, which yeah. is respect. You can leave the mud on it. You can leave shit inside of it. But 
wait for the fat bill to come for cleaning <laughs> because my driver if the for instance skid steer or excavator is full of mud my driver is risking losing his license on the highway if anything falls off of it so he gonna spend as many hours as he need to clean it up or he will just refuse say fuck it i'm done and he <laughs> and, won't take and it and it's still on rent yeah on that point right so Here's an interesting question for you, Matt. I don't know how you would handle this situation. I've only come across this once before. What if you were to pick up a machine that was rented by you and the cab just reeks of weed? Just reeks of weed. Do we do anything? Do we discuss it? Do we bring it up? Do we handle it? How do we handle it? As long as the equipment is not damaged, the person is all right. He could be sitting there after hours just smoking a joint, right? We are living in a free country. Totally. Is, uh, but inside the machinery, technically speaking, regarding the Ministry of Labor and how it, you're not supposed to be operating any machinery under the, the influence, influence of alcohol, yeah. marijuana. That's right. 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 Even medication depends on the kind of medication that you have. Right. I had this happen to me one time on a site and I had to speak up. I was like, listen, the dude, he smells like like this is not right. Like. I remember a time when I went to the job site and uh, I saw a new worker driving our ski steer and he was pounding it like badly. He was bending stuff and he definitely didn't know what to do. And I came back to the site super and I told him, man, you need to either send him to the training or put someone in, someone else into that machine because it's going to be broken and your boss you will get the shit from your boss for our bill that's going to come for fixing it. What's the reason why most, is it the tradesperson or is it the GC or the site super that's not insisting on the training? Is it a time thing? This is a money thing. I need this done. doesn't matter if it's not being done with panache. The city, It man. just needs, really? Everyone needed yesterday or a week before. So they don't have time to sit down and do any kind of training to get an, a little bit of an oversight on it. I would always suggest if you are serious about your business, be serious about your training too, right? Like, It's a good point. I've been in multiple dangerous situations myself on my own job sites. So I always going to say when you sit in that equipment and you don't know shit about it, just remember your family that you want to come back to, right? That's it. It just takes that one split second. Or call me. That's yeah. it. If right? you got a question, but, but I mean, Matt, you're dealing with an industry of Neanderthals that <laughs> think that they know everything. Of course. They don't know everything because we've talked on the show a number of times. You're constantly learning every single day. That's right. And what's the harm in actually asking somebody, how do I use this machine? Can you show me how to do this, how to, how to properly do it? So then when you do want to rock and roll the machine, you can do it without damaging the machine or putting anybody in harm's way. I will give you an example. Just... Give me a call. You're planning to rent something. Come to my branch. I will show you myself. Or That's it, one right of my there. guys will show you how to use it. You can have your license done three years ago and refreshed last year, but you haven't been driving it for all that time. Come and do a small refresher. It's, it doesn't hurt anything. You will not pay anything for it. I was having this conversation the other day with somebody about how I have a a theory on mm. why I think that the traffic has increased in Toronto. And everyone knows that I call this, I spell this city T-R-A-F-F-I-C, right? That's how I spell Toronto. My theory 
that's contributing to the increase in congestion is we have a huge population of the drivers out there that are not driving as much as I drove when I was their age. So they're ride sharing, they're Ubering, they might be driving a vehicle once or twice a week, and then they're in the full force of the 400 and, you know, 401. You chose the wrong person to do that. <laughs> I'm just, well, well, I'm just saying, because I get on this 401, day. it doesn't matter where you go, which way or back, you're on the road. All these reps culture. are on. It's, it's just culture? It's not about how much driving experience you have. How much driving have. you have, Canada, in, sorry, no, I, I, I take it back. Ontario doesn't have any sh any culture whatsoever on the road. If you pass Montreal, I've been on on short vacation with by my uh, with my wife a the month East Coast? before. Yeah, you know we went to Quebec City. Okay, you pass Montreal, everyone, you drive. I drive fast. My wife is laughing. Need for speed in my blood. So <laughs> I'm always on the left lane, and. You just pass Montreal, everyone gonna go to the right lane. Oh, European man, I'm so culture. glad I'm so European glad you culture. bring that. People here, they don't understand that the left lane is a passing lane. That's just a bottom line. It doesn't matter if you're doing 140, 160, 200. Yeah. If someone's coming behind you from you there and they're just, coming faster than you, get out of the way yeah. because that's the safest way to move traffic. And but they got, don't do it. You've got Chuck Norris is around <sighs> here. Like in front of you, he will hit the brakes. Yeah, and just, tap you, yeah. upset, how dare you. Yeah. But that, And I agree with you. It is, it is culture. That's just how... Because I've been to other very busy cities. Yeah. I've visited them. And the one thing I noticed, uh, like in Italy, in Japan, in Paris, and I've been, I've noticed that there isn't much traffic, nowhere near the traffic that we have here. But then I pay attention to how every motorist is respectful yeah. of yeah. the movement of traffic. Here in Toronto, every motorist is vengeful. Oh, yeah, big time. They like, take the, the merging lane right to the bitter end instead of taking an opportunity to get in there when there is an opening to get in there. Let's take it right to the bitter end where you're going to create this congestion. We're all speaking to the choir here. Everyone knows this. Germany, buddy. Germany. But they started it. They ruled it. They began that way. They understand it. That's You drive on Autobahn, you will learn it. Yeah. I'm driving fast. I was, pass I'm, was coming from Denmark to south of Poland hitting the autobahn and i was driving 170 kilometers per hour <laughs> on the left lane but everybody's being respectful on the lane on the highway yeah but you see the dot in your rear mirror which is approaching in such as i'm speeding 170 and they're coming such at a you. speed yes that uh, you just pass otherwise they will run through you because it's more dangerous to force that driver to go around you not or knowing break. yeah or even break exactly from 250 or even more there are some supercars around there you've got no limits right yeah it's danger here i feel like it's less dangerous to drive like a chess player than to drive on the left lane <laughs> People just don't understand this left lane thing, man. No. And then the moment you get into congestion of traffic, they think that left lane is just non-applicable now. It yeah. doesn't exist yeah. anymore. You people have just created this congestion by tapping it. And I also have been paying attention where more and more people are using their devices that are mounted, yeah. but they're paying attention and then they're giving themselves a football field in front of them because they're on their device 
doing whatever they want to do, That's right. which is totally fine. But you're creating, get out of the way, go to the, I don't even know why we went on this whole tangent, but <laughs> it's true. It's true. But let's get back into some machinery here. Yeah, what else we got to sure. learn about it? The differences in good example for smaller contractors is heat, winter heat. Majority, if you've got a structure or build, you need to heat it. Salamanders. Somewhere. How big? Salamanders, radiant heaters. You shouldn't have salamanders on your Inside, site. technically speaking, no. It cannot be left unattended. Yeah, right? you have so, to have 24-hour supervision on it. That's right. But there are units which are a little bit, not a little bit, they are some... They are more expensive, but if you are building couple buildings, for instance, uh, you can leave them outside running 24-7. They've got tanks. They've got thermostats on them. You can distribute the heat how you like. Nothing's better. I'm just seeing a fire truck just <laughs> driving by the Venture X office here. I don't understand what's going on. All the bells and whistles are flying around on it. Okay, that's interesting. Um, hopefully not us. No, hopefully it's not us. But uh, I, there's nothing better then that first time you crack open any kind of heat source on a really cold job site that just maybe we got a snap of cold yep. and everybody's just bundled up and you're like layer on top of layer on top of layer. And then all of a sudden you hear that sound yeah. just that <laughs> of just that, you know, heat's coming yep. and you just start to mentally feel warmer. It hasn't warmed up the space yet, yeah. but you mentally have, are feeling warmer now. That's right. It's, it's actually kind of cozy when you have those really harsh times that you're building in the winter times here in Canada and also in the northeast in, in the U.S. there. Yep. Uh, or Norway. No, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you guys deal with the cold there. Oh, yeah. And, and then you got that heat coming out, which is really great. So you guys are dealing with... Heat sources. What else are you dealing with? What other kind of things are you guys renting out? We are renting majority of the of the equipment. We go from small power tools, coring rigs, uh, breakers. We go. We've got a brand new department for flooring. So all floor care, grinders, polishers, cleaners. Oh, really? Surface grinders and everything. Yeah. Hand uh, and machinery. That's right. Push the ones, ride-ons, really? stuff like that. We've got the dirt departments, which uh, for us dirt is excavators, dozers, all kind of uh, big equipment that deals with dirt. Conveyors. A uh, little bit. Okay. We, we try not to work with those too much. Well, I, what I learned from DGR when he talked about it, he just bought all of his conveyors. He says if you, yeah. Yeah. if you're in the business of underpinning and you're in the business yep. of having to move some earth to get your job done with concrete, you're better off just purchasing these items, and maintaining them yourself because they're going to be in constant use, right? Unless you are into business of excavating and you are running multiple sites at the same time. That's the other thing. I would recommend still yeah. renting because you don't need to physically load that machine back, move it for two days, load it back in, drive it to another side, offload it, work, unload it again, move it again. We, we deal with majority of it. It depends on the customer, obviously, but uh, we've got another division of generators, pumps, uh, on-site generators, heaters. yeah, temporary power. Oh yes. yeah, we I have been sourcing generators that cover whole buildings, and we've got heaters that gr that heat ground, groundhogs. Yeah, because right? we get that cold snap. Yeah, we get right? that cold snap, right? That's right. That's right. We've got multiple different. We can heat the whole buildings. We can chill them. We've got. Uh, 
chillers and we've got air conditioning. Why would you want to chill a building? Big buildings usually run on AC right during the hot, the summer and hot days and they usually the big big buildings they run together with chillers. Chillers are separate part of the whole HVAC AC. I, I cannot explain it too good, but uh, it's like whole separate unit that works with the air exchange and everything, right? Interesting. So if you've got the hot um, office trailer on the job sign, uh, you can get generator for your power. You can get a heater for your winter or air conditioner for your summer. Summertime. Yeah. Uh, how much do you know about the surface grinders? I am not this specialist on it. I know some. I'm just curious. So are there diamonds in those oh, things? Yeah. Oh, There's there diamonds, so right? There's so many diamonds. That's what it is, right? Yeah. It's diamond that's coring away at the... Con is it mostly designed for concrete surface grinding? Or is it designed for other materials as well? There are... Not everything is called grinders. You've got machines that pound concrete to break it up. You've got scarifiers. Scarifiers, yeah. Right? You've got machines that polish. You've got machines that grind. You've got machines that just rip it apart, right? So there are different different machines to different applications. You can have machines to take off epoxy of the floor only. You've got different stones There's there's that. a There's a, 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 like an application to remove epoxy from concrete? There are so many different things with flooring. And I've got a good uh, buddy of mine who is a specialist just in flooring. I've never... I guess why would you... I guess if you've got a, a building, a commercial space or something like that, and it's been epoxied, but then you want to change that, you have to grind that off. Yeah, or if you've got old epoxy, which is breaking, you've got patches which do not cover the holes and stuff like that right sometimes it's much easier to grind it down right or let's take it off. let's talk about ppe because i'm just my first thought when you're talking about grinding epoxy old epoxy yep. i'm assuming that you can't make it go airborne is that wrong oh, buddy or? there are such a good uh, vacuums right now there is almost so these no machines dust. are all vacuumed connected to, yeah. to really yeah majority of our gear especially flooring there is only one other competitor that runs only flooring department like us the reason that we have such a good equipment is because it's brand new we just opened uh, the branch couple months back and we are just growing it still almost every equipment you can attach a sizable Different sizes, obviously, but a, a sizable uh, vacuum that takes it all. Really? Yeah. Basically, clean air to work with. Because you have to, because you can't keep these, these, you can't make them airborne. No. It's dangerous at that point. Yeah. Are you still asking the operator to wear PPE, like yeah. a dust mask or anything? Yeah, they still have to do that. Yeah. Because they should do that, even though you're not creating all this dust inside That's right. there. That's right. Wow. What else you guys renting out? Compressors. Compressors, uh, too. Yeah, yeah. Everything that you might think of. We've got. You mentioned lights. small power tools. Like, are you going as low as like just a regular impact driver or something? Mm, or no? We don't go usually battery. We try to stay out of batteries because, as you know, the biggest cost of battery operated equipment is the battery. Batteries. And they never come back in good shape. So <laughs> you rent it during the winter, it comes dead. Yeah. You just throw it away. You, you just wasted the money on the equipment, right? And we we only carry Hilti. So we... So you carry the most expensive battery 
yeah, platform. We we aim at the best quality too. That's what we we try to give you guys, right? The best quality and the best service in the city. I might be more expensive than other guys, that's for sure. You will always find someone cheaper. You will not find better service in the But it's like you said at the beginning there where you're talking about how why have all this overhead in your business when you can just rent it, use it for the scope and yep. then take off Return. to the next job. Yep, take off right. to the next job. That's right. That's right. I've got the multiple small clients that come just for a heater. I've got the clients who rent millions of equipment worth on one job site. I just close one big client and I was working on it six months to be a supplier of choice. And my name is out there for them right now, which I'm super nice. So good. Congrats, and, man. And uh, yeah, it's it takes time. You're but building relationships. For sure. For yeah. sure. I'm all about the relationship. I don't really care if I gonna sell you or rent you anything today. For me is what what's gonna happen a year from now. Two years, five years. What are you guys doing for are you guys doing anything for COVID? Or like for on site, job site, rental? I don't know. Are you guys supplying anything or no? Mm, not really. We obviously work with the COVID policies, but uh uh, we don't carry any, we carry floor cleaners, right? That's what we spoke about, right? Scare fires and stuff yeah. like that, right? Uh, that is a part of it. Do you guys get into air purifiers? Yeah, we've got. So you're, you're, are you working with companies that, um, I just had a thought, I had to make a phone call. Renovations? No, no, it's like an air, not an air purifier. I needed to get a mold testing done on a job site. The uh, remedial guys. Yep. So the guys that, yeah, so you guys will provide them their air purifiers. Oh, yeah. Because those Fans, things, that's, that's the critical. Air movers, yeah, air movers, yeah. all kinds of stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Lighting. Oh, yeah. We've you guys got are providing all hours. kinds of lighting. Yeah. We mainly go for uh, big boys. Yeah. Meaning we've got the small light towers, which are electrical. Or uh, wobble lights that you can use outside. Wobble inside. lights are great until you have to change a bulb. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because then the bulb costs more than the wobble light. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but the wobble light doesn't cost too much, right? So I learned that really quickly. I'm like, how much is that bulb? Mm. And then you try to use a bulb that's not what you're supposed to be using. Yeah. And you don't get any light output at all. No. You have to use a wobble light. Yeah, but that one wobble light gives shit oh, ton of light. And it gives you... What I like is really soft light. It's yeah. not harsh, blinding light. Yeah. There's a huge difference on the lighting on a job site. And you don't want lights that are going to be blinding you while you're working. It doesn't serve a purpose. That's right. If it's a soft glow that's giving you a hue over the whole job site and you can naturally see, yeah. then that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we've got uh, big light towers, right, that you put on the corner of your site and just light everything up, right? I mainly work with aerial, dirt, any type of heat, power generation. There are multiple smaller gear, I would say. Have you guys been discussing the future of construction? In the company, you mean? Yeah, in general. Like, where, where are we electric. seeing electric? It's just electric. That's I, all they're I, talking about? I was... I was telling them that from the beginning. So why hasn't Tesla, why hasn't Elon gotten into he will. Constru construction equipment, electric, Tesla-based? you think so? I think he will get into at some point. I think once his Cybertruck fails on a real active job site in a cold climate, mm -hmm. 
I think he'd be discouraged. I think it's going to go in the wayside of his solar panel shingles, which we saw. It was a great marketing event, and it never flew. I'm big... Uh Cybertruck. Uh, Are you a big, a big so Cybertruck guy? I, I'm waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to have. Uh, I have a lot of respect for him on what he did marketing-wise. Yeah, it was yeah. it was pure genius, yeah, pure that's genius. Right. That's right. For you to tease everybody about a new vehicle that nobody's ever seen, yeah. talk about how amazing it is electric-wise. Then I I discouraged because when he took a base Ford and compared it to his yeah, yeah. and then he just showed okay well look what it's doing to that i go it's not apples and apples so i, yeah. I dislike that part but then he said listen everybody give me a little bit of money and then i'll get all these orders and then guess what i just basically built my infrastructure to build this truck smart very yeah, very smart it is smart technically sure. speaking isn't that truck supposed to be ready by now it's supposed to it has been postponed <laughs> again and again and again. i'm just saying I'm just saying, right? So I know that you're not the only one. I know dozens of trades that put the order in. They want it. And trust me, I've got a Sprinter, and I would jump all over a fully electric Sprinter here in North America. Oh, yeah. Is it ever going to come to North America? I'm still waiting for a diesel one to come to Amer North America. That's the problem. Like the I new was ones. driving Sprinter, diesel Sprinter in Europe. Amazing. Everybody. Well, no, no. In Europe, there's more than just Sprinters. There's the, I know the Irish guys out there. They, uh, what's the brand that they use that they... Voxholt. Is that what it is? The, it's Great Britain version of Opel. That's what it is, exactly. Yeah, that's what it is, yeah. yeah. But it's funny how in Europe, everybody's vans. And the odd person, odd tradesperson is a, is a pickup truck. The very, very odd one. But everybody's vans, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here in Canada, it's in North America, it's not the same. If you go to Norway, you see only Teslas there. Really? Oh, yeah. It was... I don't know if it still is, but uh, it was number one country in terms of population. To, uh, Capita, and, how many and Teslas? How many Teslas? I think I remember seeing a 60-minute story about that where they were talking about that. They were the one so biggest city that had so many of the cars. Yeah. So I guess it's going to be the same thing with the Cybertruck there? No, they are not the big uh, pickup guys. So yeah, that's what I, I figure. I don't think so. There will be some demand. That's Why doesn't sure. he make a minivan? I don't know. I don't know. Well, Maybe he will at some point, but uh, he's doing all kinds of stuff. Whatever. Another bottle of tequila. Um, what else you want to talk about? How about ladies in construction? I love the podcast that you had recently. <laughs> I was. I know off mic before we got started. Matt and I were talking about how he actually wants to see more, and and I do too. Oh, we yeah, want to sure. definitely see more women in construction. Definitely. Yeah. So I mean, I know that you were talking about uh, seeing them more, getting them more. The, the problem I, that I see is that a lot of ladies are being discouraged because yeah. of certain men in the industry. Oh, for sure. And that's a shame because they're missing a huge opportunity that they may... First of all, I mean, everyone has to find their passion. And man or woman, if construction is your passion, you shouldn't be discouraged by anybody that's in that industry. I completely agree. Just push and look for the, the, the ones that will help you, man or woman, yeah. right? If, if someone is a chauvinist, you... You can't do anything. You're not no. going to change them. No. There's Just no way you can change go them. Go around them and find someone else. That's it. How is it in Europe? Is it more balanced? No, it's not. It's not. It's still male-dominated? It is. Construction is male-dominated everywhere. Yeah. I've been in Asia, same thing. Same thing, huh? Yeah. Australia? Haven't been there. Okay. Hard to say. I know a lot of Sparkies, Irish Sparkies, they've been down there, so I'm, I'm curious about that, but... Uh, to be honest, Canada is really good 
on that point. Like I meet a lot of ladies in construction. A lot they, of site supers, a lot of site supers, project managers, coordinators. They are not too much of trades people, but I also I have also met some trades ladies. Really They're amazing guy. They amazing and they work at the same level with the with the guys. Some of them have bigger balls than majority of men. <laughs> I'd agree with you. And that's just how it is, man. Back in Norway, definitely I would have my clients who are majority of the time I would speak with women. They are heads of the homes. It's not like here that the husband doesn't have time and sends uh, her out to, to deal with contractors. Down there, it's not. He doesn't have anything to say, actually. So Where? In Norway? In Norway, yeah. Really? So yeah, the just, woman is the one that's calling all the shots? Just look at the government. That's the how, lady is that's, ruling it's mostly, the country. Well, that's what, that's what you do, is you pay attention to the majority of parliament is female. Yep. And it's female for good reason. Oh, yeah. It's a shame that our government is not paying attention to that. That's a whole other podcast here. <laughs> I can't get into a political podcast. I'd have to wait for Carlito to return to the show to get into a political podcast so I could just let him ramble oh, at, yeah. that, at that moment, right? And he will ramble we, about it. Yeah, we don't, we don't need to go <laughs> political. So, Matt, do you miss construction? Because now you're on the service side. You understand all of us that have gone through what you've gone through, yeah. are going through. Do you miss it? You miss I being do. on the tools? Yeah, I do. Building uh, things? And I find myself a small projects. Uh, I did a couple mid-century modern furniture. I found uh, some old pieces, shitty junky, and I completely renoed them out, and they look almost... Strip like them down, yeah. sand them down, fix yeah. them all up. Yeah, patch the holes, and... Did it. Yeah. and instead of paying a couple hundred of, uh, of those, I got them almost free or really cheap and get them out. I bought myself... a. A small sliding camper right now, which I need to do a whole reno of it. So I keep myself busy. Yeah, is it a is a used one? Used one, yeah. So you got. I'm not you, spending seventy grand. No, I know. So you, you're gonna gut the whole thing, demo the whole thing, and uh, some of it. Some it, of it. It looked pretty good until we looked closer. Closer. And then you started to, discovering problem yeah, here, I problem need to there. Redo roof. I need to do. Did the mice get in? No. No. Okay, so no mice damage, no, which is no. good. Yeah, just okay. some mold. That's it. Yeah. But that's not too bad. No, it's not. Uh, I'm definitely missing some of the uh, so, uh, some of the part and I'm considering into doing some some extra project here and there. I've got a couple of proposals coming around, so we'll see how that goes. Did you keep the furniture for yourself or you sold it? No, I keep it. You kept it for yourself, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah, you put all that labor into it. Uh, Norway is big on style. You've got mid-century modern, but Nordic, like majority of mid-century designers were Danish. Yes. Right. So Scandinavian. Yes. Right. So uh, we learned. I had a really good customer, uh, thanks to whom I learned a lot, and we've got our taste from him, kind of me and wife, and uh, yeah, we tried to keep it. Well, you guys started the whole white oak. Scandinavian oh, clean yeah. look that is basically all over here in North America. But yeah. that just shows you how much further back we are here. Oh, yeah. It's nothing. Compared. It just boggles it's... my mind. And I, like I said, I piss people off by bringing this up because 
a large portion of the construction industry in North America thinks that they are the epicenter of construction. And I'm like, you guys are not. I'm sorry, you're not. You have to look outside of North America to understand where construction is going. I would say construction need to go into renewables, like more. A thousand percent. All the way. When you are planning a house, think about your power generation. Think about going off grid, being on grid, right? But you're up against a battle here, Matt, because the utilities here in North America prevent you from going fully off grid. You have to somehow still be connected to them a percentage point, which basically defeats the purpose or the economical purpose Mm. to go fully off grid. And that's where now you get the political influences coming in, which is totally wrong. Now, renewable resources, I totally agree with you. We should have it more and more. But then now you get renewable companies that are lobbying our government officials to mandate their products, which may not necessarily be the best ones to use to be the priority which is not the way you're supposed to do it. Uh, definitely, but I would say it's a good step forward. Oh, Anyways, I agree. Like totally. In Norway, the same thing. It's like there are two companies, three companies. That's it. Like you've got two companies that produce electrical supplies. You've got two companies that produce plumbing supplies. And they are pushing their agenda anyways, right? So at the end of the day, I think it's a less wrong if it's still progress, right? So uh, in terms of developing the whole the whole industry. I, think. I agree. I totally agree. I, th- I think that North America construction is very wasteful. Oh, I yeah. think that there's better ways that we can be conscious. There was a term, I think, Linda from Livable Canada, she brought up where she was talking about healthy construction, mm. learning how to be a better builder by being a healthier builder healthy options no different than it was as if it was your food groups your dietary consumption you're looking at the grocery list of what you're doing on a construction job site let's say you're renovating your old home or you're building a new home you should be looking at the healthy options for every line item and i agree with that totally i remember uh self-leveling here when i was a super reading just uh backlines of how many how many cancers uh, All that stuff. But that's not like that in Europe, right? No, not that You don't much. have products like that. No. So and why is it that we, we have... We still have dangerous products, but they are not like... They're going to kill you on the spot here. Yeah, it's just weird, man. It's weird. Some of them are out here, if you go to, to the shop and, and read it and you need to use it, and non-shrinking grouts and stuff like that, you don't really want to touch this shit. But yet... You got tradespeople every single day touching this stuff. You got tradespeople interacting, grinding, cutting. Oh, yeah. Drilling into airborne, not even realizing what's potentially a hazard down the line. Of course. Not now, because you're in your 20s now. So you're like, oh, I'm Superman, so I can do yeah. whatever I want to do. But then all of a sudden, in your 40s and 50s, and you're wheezing. You're yeah, having, your back hurts. Yeah. Uh, you can't All kinds breathe. of things. There's reasoning behind that. Of course. At that point, you can't go back and go, oh, it was that bag. It was that. So again, just take a little bit more care and pay attention to the products that you're using. Think about coming back to your home every single night, right? Before you start the day. Yeah, it makes sense. We talked a lot. It was like, I I like these variety shows. I like these different kinds of shows where we just go. Now you're talking about Norway and Germany. We we were talking a lot about Europe. It makes me want to travel. We can't travel now, but it makes me want to travel. (sighs) 
I've been different places. I've been uh, with traveling through Asia as well um, before we came to Canada with wife. And uh, I, s I have seen something that OSHA would kill for, like people jumping on scaffolds from bamboo, 10 stories high. <laughs> so <laughs> there are different things, different, uh, different places. Different places. At the end of the day, think about yourself. I will, and I always try to say that, uh, yeah, going back home is one of the most important things. That's why I make sure the equipment is go that is going to my clients is always good to go. Obviously, every equipment has its own issues, and sometimes it's just shitting itself. It's true. And, uh, but that's the life. The only thing is, just remember and remember about yourself. Do you want to, uh, I remember you telling me this story way, way back. I don't know if you want to share it, though. Why you and your wife chose Canada and how that came about? That's a, that's a big one. First of all. But you I, did something. You did something and it yeah, yeah. brought you to Canada. It's a, it's a whole circle. I'm supposed to be a Canadian, so to say. My mother left a couple months just before I was born, uh, went back to Poland some family issues and uh, we were talking with my wife back in Norway that we didn't really want to stay there any longer and we didn't we were talking a lot about Canada we thought like Canada would be a joint venture between European way of living and US right USA and we weren't wrong but we didn't want to risk it all like we did before with Norway. So we just went traveling. We traveled a couple of countries in Asia and stopped by here, went to US. We came to Toronto and said, yeah, it seems like home. Let's try it. Here we are three, three and a half, three and a half years, years later. later. You guys are here and still yep. enjoying it. That's right. We are Under definitely. understanding how we are so backwards. Yeah. <laughs> so behind uh, not in every <laughs> no not in everything oh yeah just in construction that's all no i'm not gonna group everybody in there man okay so normally i would give all the credentials but i don't want to give it out so if anybody actually wants to know where he's working or what he's doing or if you're looking for machinery rental yeah. please reach out to me i'll make the connection i have no problem making the connection it's all good uh you ready for the 12 questions of construction go ahead we're on the last, there it is right there. What is your favorite construction word? Deal. What is your least favorite construction word? Fuck up. What turns you on in construction? Hmm, that's a good one. Diversity. I like that. I like that. What turns you off in construction? Assholes. What is your favorite curse word? Fuck. <laughs> What's your favorite vehicle? Are you, you going to say it? Me, yeah. Are you going to say it? I would like to. I, I cannot say because I've never <laughs> driven one, but uh, I would like a Cybertruck, actually. I think you are the first person to say their favorite vehicle is a Cybertruck. It's not a vehicle, yes. It's just on the drawing board, right? So <laughs> hard to say. I, I love my you, Sprinter, though. You let me know. Trust me. You I let I me will, know. I Everybody would. I know that has ordered one yeah. and will get one, I will ask them. Mm. Okay, I will ask them how they like it. I'm waiting for the full uh, four-engine version, though. So I didn't purchase. So it's a battery for each tire. Yeah, so you can do the tank round right now on it. Oh, like, four-wheel steering. Yeah, yeah, four engines. They're doing that. 
that what they were saying on the beginning. And what would be the purpose on a construction site for that? 360. You can turn around in place like skid steer does. How often are you going to use your personal... On construction? Yeah. I, of course, my company will not give me a cyber truck. Yeah, of for course. Sure. Uh, unless I'm... But you visiting I'm, all these job sites, it's, it makes sense. Yeah, I'm driving from one job site to another. I, every I didn't know day, that, right? that that's the vehicle. It, it could do well. It we don't know. There's a competitor that technically should do it. I read somewhere, probably two years ago, that they were planning that too. So we'll see. For now, it's only three engines, so it's not in my. I'll keep my opinion to myself until I see it on the job site. Yeah, if I smoke you on the <laughs> lights, we'll see then. <laughs> what is your least favorite vehicle? The one that doesn't work. What construction sound or noise do you love? The word that keep on coming is the one from the podcast I was listening. The ladies were constantly saying hammering, hammering. Hammering, hammering. Hammering. hammering what sound or hammering. noise do you hate? Probably fingernails on the... Blackboard. Oh. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Just attempt? Yeah. Welding. Welding. Yeah, I don't know how to do it. I tried it, but uh, I would like to be good Takes at it. Takes a skill. Oh, yeah. What profession would you not like to do? Administration. I did it. Office. <laughs> uh, being your own boss. No, and it's running bad. Your own it's, that's company. part of the business that we dislike. Yeah. yeah. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates, Matt? You really thought there is to be continued? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Matt, thanks very much, man, for taking the time and, and talking so to us about what you do and not do at the same time so we don't get into trouble but also sharing and also talking about the industry and talking about construction in Europe and here. Yep. And I really appreciate you taking the time. It's always good to see you. Always good to chat with you, Pleasure. man. And then uh, I'll see you on the job site soon enough. I'm For sure. sure. If you, any one of you need some equipment, hit me up. Yeah. Talk Just to reach you. out. I'll, I'll make the to connection. Money. I'll make the okay. connection. And then, uh, and I'm sure you'll take care of them, man. Oh yeah, for sure. Perfect. Like brothers. Perfect. And Thanks. sisters. <laughs> and sisters. Thanks, Matt. We're gone. We're out of here. I got to go. I don't know why the fire truck, but we got to go. Thank you.